0: Hey, everybody. Just a couple of things to chat with you all to, uh, about today on PRI Talk. Thanks again for joining me for another episode. Um, as I uh, posted on Facebook, again, if you don't follow Parallel Recruiting Initiative on Facebook, you need to stay updated on everything going on. Um, obviously, I can't talk about everything each week. Uh, and everything regarding volleyball recruiting and all that kind of stuff on the podcast. And um, so I do share some things that are happening and going on on Facebook and Instagram as well. So um, if you are on those two social media platforms, definitely look up uh, Parallel Recruiting Initiative and PRI Talk on Instagram so you guys can stay updated. But the uh, biggest news from the week, as I'm sure you have heard and shed many tears for joy, as I did, uh, is that the dead period is finally over. It's not technically over uh, yet, but it will be over. Um, Division one is going back to a normal recruiting calendar as of June 1st. Now for volleyball, what that means is um, we are carrying over from the May quiet period. for the So the first, second, and third of June are technically qu- uh, quiet period days. Um, which means nothing off campus for college coaches, but they can do things on their campus. Um, then starting June 4th, it is a contact period. So all of June and all of July will be contact period. You will see college coaches out running around like crazy people more into that into a second. Something to note, however, um, and, and some people are going to miss this as we get talking about it. But August is um, as everything as far as I know. Uh, is going to be a quiet period just like it was this, this supposed to be this last year. okay? So under the new recruiting uh, rules, August is a quiet period. and so um, only in June and July will you see college coaches out recruiting. Um, they will not be out in August. Again, we're back to a normal recruiting calendar. Um, and so everything that has been done in the past couple years with the new recruiting calendar, uh, when that was established, that is going to be what happens uh, going forward. Okay. Um, So that's the, that is the big announcement. Um, Obviously, if you listen to this podcast or read my blog, um, I I was excited. Uh, I was surprised by the, the announcement that the, uh, we were going to go back to a normal uh, recruiting calendar, all positively surprised and excited. Um, But uh, definitely not necessarily what I was expecting. Um, I was honestly kind of expecting um, maybe a quiet period, maybe only coaches could go out, nothing on campus, You know, some sort of limitations um, put in place uh, to limit kind of the craziness that we will see here in, in June and July as coaches can get out. Um, recruiting at AAUs most likely, um, at nationals most likely, um, and in any sort of practices or or smaller kind of tournaments. Um, so, so that that is obviously really really good news. Um, so, if you are in the two thousand twenty two two thousand twenty three class, excuse me, or the two thousand twenty two class, and you're uncommitted, start sending those emails out. Those Division one schools are going to be out looking. Um, I've spent a lot of time talking to college coaches about their needs for this fall, their needs for twenty two now, uh, needs as they're diving into the portal head first with uh, what did I hear yesterday, eight hundred and sixty athletes in the portal. Um, and so there are a lot of coaches out there right now looking for athletes. So do whatever you can to get in front of them. And if you need some help, obviously, uh, reach out to me. You can contact me over my um, over at my website privolleyball um, dot com. So, so that is the exciting news um, about the uh, dead period finally being over, uh, and we can get back to um, more normal, 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 normal. Okay, um, so that that is the first thing. Uh, the second thing um, that that I was going to talk about, and hopefully we can have um, some sort of discussion about this because I'm intrigued at what everyone thinks. Um, some of the new... Uh, I spent the last two weekends um, at Lone Star Qualifier and then the Kansas City Show Me Qualifier the weekend before that. Um, so I was at two qualifiers, uh, three days each, obviously. Um, and, and some of the new qualifier rules because of COVID... Um, is, is they, they stopped having uh, the playoffs. So normally in in a tie situation for pool play with, with one or two teams needing to go on into the gold bracket, they will have a playoff. Obviously, if they're not going for gold, then they don't have a playoff and they just do the, the set percentage, point percentage, whatever. They do something like that, and then everyone gets situated um, because it doesn't matter as much. But normally in the gold brackets, there would be a playoff. Well, because... Uh, because of COVID. They didn't want people hanging around. They didn't want people going in and out of the, the convention center, which again, all makes sense. Um, they didn't have any of that uh, this year. Um, and so everything was done by um, set percentage, point percentage, and, and whatever else. Um, and I personally, so I, so I have a couple different things on this. I personally think that they should just continue doing that. <laughs> So I actually uh, think that this is something they should continue to do um, down the road for for a bunch of different reasons. One, I, ju- I just think the health and the safety of the athlete, um, it definitely has to be up there. Um, everyone knows that playing on sport court on concrete, sport court in itself isn't bad, but sport court on concrete is, is bad um, for the health and safety of athletes, all that pounding. It's one more match, one more game. Um, I think you also have... Uh, you know, the issue of the, the refing team. Okay. The, the reffing team in most circumstances has something to lose or gain, um, from, from the outcome of that match. Now can, can the refing team make a, a huge impact? Um, no. Uh, but I, I, I just think you remove all of that sort of, um, uh discrepancy or issue or 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 i don't i can't really have a word for it at this moment but you remove that uh all all that drama uh you remove that from it and it keeps courts on time um you know i think one of the issue with the with those challenge matches is it, it pushes things back um, pushes matches that are supposed to be on that court later back further. Um, and so I honestly think, and this will be an unpopular opinion, that's fine with me. Um, uh, I think this is something they should continue to do. Um, I, I ju- it just feels like it makes the day go a lot smoother. Um, now on, the, on kind of the flip side of this. So this was something that I was was kind of surprised by given the no playoff kind of structure, okay, um, because of COVID. Now, what happened in USA was that on day two, um, if you finished first or second in your pool, then you came back after about a two-hour break and you had one to two challenge matches that you needed to play um, after a two, three-hour break, maybe sometimes. And, and, and this I really struggled with. Um, not that it hasn't been done before, but because of all the reasons that we just talked about is, is you got too many people hanging around. You've got people going in and out of the convention center when you don't need to. Um, so all that kind of contact and, and, and back and forth, um, all the things that you're trying to prevent, uh, really, they were still doing that. So, so I was really confused uh, at this part, at why they were still doing that. Um, and I don't know why they didn't come up with a better system in USA uh, to, to help prevent that. Um, I don't know why you you have to play these matches on on Saturday night um, to uh, to to get people into the quote unquote gold or you know to have these um, challenge brackets. I don't know why those are necessary Saturday afternoon and usually by you know Saturday night because a lot of these matches will 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 go over because they're going to go three because they're good good volleyball um, competitive volleyball matches. Um, I'm not sure why they didn't just do something like hey. Top two on day one, stay in gold, and then you got to win your pool to stay in gold um, on day three. Uh, you got to go three and zero, something like that. I, I'm not sure why um, that wasn't an option, um, or, or, or another way uh, to limit the amount of teams that uh, you know got into um, to the gold brackets on 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 day two and and day three. I mean, I think you could come up with a, another way to limit them. Um, besides, again, having all this extra foot traffic back and forth, um, you know, I, I think I think the, the parents going out and then coming back is always uh, risky, um, you know, for a lot of different reasons. Um, but but I do think that that maybe they could have come up with a better system in the USA. I know you got a lot of teams. I know you got a lot of teams that you have to try to filter through, um, but but I just feel like they definitely could have come up with something um, different to make all that happen. Okay, last thing that I want to talk about um, today, and I'm going to speak very generally here uh, so I don't step on anyone's toes, but this is for um, my my coaching friends, uh, college coaching friends in, in particular. Um, and, and really this message, uh, revolves around, you know, w- how are you making, uh, what is your statement about who you're going to be as a coach and what you are going to do as a program? Cause when you are the head coach of a volleyball program, everything points back to you. Okay. Um, you know, for, for better or for worse. Right um and so i think there are a lot of um young coaches out there usually um not not exclusively but i think a lot of young coaches first time head coaches maybe um that have the mindset of well i'm going to get rid of all these kids and i'm going to bring in new ones and i'm not trying to say that there's nothing to be said about bringing in your own kids and the kids that you recruit that's definitely a huge bonus um, but, but, and, and I know I definitely got asked the question several times when I, when I became a head coach, um, you know, got asked the question, so are you starting over? Are you gutting the program? Like what's, what's your plan on getting rid of all of these kids that, uh, that obviously aren't good enough to be successful. Right. Um, and, and I remember too, um, had an athlete that, that I knew, um, she was committed to another school and I felt like I could probably reach out to this kid uh, offer them a scholarship, which I had, and they would probably decommit from the school they were committed to and, and, and commit to me. Maybe not. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of athletes that that they believe in their commitments and I think that that's great. Um, but I didn't want like my first move that I made as a, as a first time college coach to be sniping, um, athletes from one of my coaching friends. You know what I mean? Um, I didn't want that to be my first move. Um, And so, uh, and again, not that I, I definitely was in the position where I, where I could have, um, but again, didn't want that to be, uh, the standard. And, And I, and I think that's, um, what worries me so much about when I, when I see coaches take over a program and then basically start gutting it, um, is that, I mean, you're setting, you're setting a standard. Um, without really any like pretext right kids that haven't done anything wrong um, kids that aren't uh, you know huge or even minor uh drama kids uh off the court issues right that's i mean obviously if you have kids that are just bad kids and they're not listening to you and, and they're not being respectful and all that then that's Totally a different situation. Um, But when you have athletes that aren't problems and you're you're still getting rid of um, all of them just so you can make way for for your own athletes, um, I think you're setting a pretty interesting standard and and one that maybe you aren't um thinking about. Um and and what I mean by that is like, yes, you want to get all of your athletes in place and set a standard and get your culture um in place and your environment in place. And I and I totally understand that. But your your culture and your environment are predicated on this idea that you can't coach or mentor or um fight for uh or or change or develop the athletes that are already there. Um so what does that say about you as a coach, right? Um now I I being 100% transparent uh in my position as a as a first time head coach I was very clear about what expectations would be, would be and were going to be going forward. Um, I did not cut anyone, um, but I did have five kids quit. And, and, and I got asked the question, or I didn't get asked the question, but I was on a panel that got asked this question uh, at an at, uh, ABCA convention, um, kind of a new head coaches panel type thing. And they you know, asked the question, or someone asked the question, um, how do you know if, if athletes are, are buying in or if your message is getting across? And I raised my hand and I said, I, I had five kids quit um, after the end of my first fall. And I felt like that got, you know, the message across about what we were going to be about. Um, and and if if you, obvious, obviously, if you have athletes in your program that don't want to be there and don't want to put in the work, then that's one thing. Um, but, but I think, you know, going behind athletes back and saying, oh yeah, we're not planning on making any changes, like blah, blah, blah. And then making changes. Um, you know, I just, I do think that you send um, the wrong message. And and you send a message in, in my opinion, um, in some ways about what you can and can't do as a coach. Um, I think that you should a hundred percent give those athletes an opportunity to prove themselves. If they don't prove themselves, that's something different. Um, but, but again, you're, I think in a lot of situations, you are potentially creating this culture and environment, um, based on, based on the fact that, you, know, you were unable to coach or change or develop or mentor or whatever athletes that maybe you saw as a problem. Okay, um, and, and again, if they are huge problems, you don't want to deal with it. I, I totally understand that. Um, I will always be an advocate for removing uh, toxic people from programs. Um, but I also believe that there, there needs to be some grace um, in a lot of these areas and, and athletes need to give be given, um, a second chance and maybe even a third chance, um, depending on, you know, what the situation is. Um, so, so that is my message to all of those, uh, young coaches out there that either are new head coaches want to be a new head coach someday. Um, uh, just be very, very cautious and careful of the message that you send when you quote unquote clean house. Um, I, again, I, I, I'm not saying that you can't do that or you shouldn't do that. And maybe there's some instances where you need to. um, But I do think that that it could potentially send a message about you um, as a coach that maybe you do not want to send. Um, You know, I was in a situation where uh, we had three seniors graduate, all fantastic athletes, all top 10, all time at the school, uh, as far as their specific skill set. Um, and I was told, uh, or it was suggested to me by the higher-ups that the next year was going to be a quote-unquote rebuilding year because I lost three seniors that had such a huge impact. And they did, not trying to deny their impact at all. Um, but uh, on the on the flip side of that, uh, we were able to turn around with a freshman that we had recruited and win more matches the next year than we did the the previous year with those, with those seniors. So um, I do think there's something to be said. About what you can show and communicate about who you are and what type of person you are by taking those athletes and and winning with that group of athletes, um, and and I don't know all the ins and outs and specifics of several schools uh, out there this year, um, but I do know that I mean if you just go look at some records of some schools this year, there were definitely some schools that turned things around, um, and you can say, well, it's COVID year and all these variables and blah blah blah, and that's fine, but there were several schools. Um, that took a unsuccessful program the year before and turned it into a successful program this year. Uh, in some instances, very successful. And again, I don't know. Maybe they did. <laughs> maybe I'm wrong. And they just got rid of all the kids that were there and brought in all new kids. Uh, my my quick kind of understanding is that was not the case. Um, and, and they did a very good job mentoring and growing and developing the athletes that they had um, and coaching them in a way that was going to make them successful. And so. Um, that I think speaks in volumes about who those uh, what that who those staff the coaching staff is as coaches, and and speaks to a lot about who they are as individual people. Um, and so, just something to keep in mind. All right, guys, that's it. Uh, have a great week. I am excited about the uh, dead period being over, and I hope you are as well. And remember, coaches are people too. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you would like more tips, updates, or recruiting assistance, go to my website, privolleyball.com. Check out my blog or reach out to me directly if you have any other questions. You can also find me on social media on Facebook and Instagram at Parallel Recruiting Initiative. If you need specific recruiting help, I have a couple different ways I can help you. Please reach out to me on my website or social media. Thanks for listening. Hey everyone. Thanks for listening. If you have found this podcast interesting, helpful, or beneficial, or you're just a huge fan of myself, then please think about donating to the PRI talk podcast. I would love to continue bringing you recruiting advice as well as information on current and volleyball events and your support can definitely help make that happen.